0: We are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike.
1: And I'm the Big Ugly.
0: You are the Fit Ugly, I believe. Still fit? still still working yeah because it is summertime you know it's barbecue time it's it's hot dog and burger time
1: i've been Uh, indulging
0: okay (laughs) you know there's nothing wrong with a cheat day here and there ugly big ugly thank you partner for doing what you do and uh it's great to be back for episode 117 on our way to 200 well on our way to 118 that'll be next let's just put that in front of us and we'll take it from there um this is great. We uh we are recording right around the first day of summer, so we have a lot to catch up on and a lot to preview. Um, we actually have a special guest joining us in our second segment tonight. He is Matt Silks. He is an independent professional wrestler, he is a father, he is a good man. Uh he uh he actually knows Robbie Page, who we had on not too long ago as well. So it's gonna be a very interesting, possibly a very colorful interview. Um <laughs> And, and 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 I will put this out there: the, the, the big ugly and uh, dirty Mike and dirty ugly wrestling. We do not, uh, we do not necessarily share the views of all of our participants and in our interviews, but we welcome them to have the ability and the platform to share them. How about that?
1: That's very politically correct you're <laughs> you to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's how we roll here on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast and we're gonna have a funking good time today as well because we are joined by the one and only king of non-social media hashtag no hashtag cm funk what's up man
2: oh hey guys how y'all doing tonight huh so happy to be here as always
0: we're happy to have you and we're happy that uh you've made your return once again to the world of professional wrestling uh aew collision but we'll talk about that um you know what i brought it up why don't you just, i mean did you see it cm funk have you seen it
2: uh, i i did i collided on saturday with you it, collided
0: yes. on saturday with yeah. another new live piece of professional wrestling content and uh you know i might as well uh, fit ugly i know you may or may not have seen it but uh cm funk i just want you to get this out of the way because we're talking about it right now um give us your low down on it
2: uh uh, just the show in general or do
3: we start with the all
2: the cm punk stuff yeah you know um his his promo is quite interesting Mm -hmm. um he Got a few jabs in at his uh his, his uh combatants um from the past, he did um, and uh, he wrestled a very limited trios match later in the night. Um, he
0: did. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> uh,
2: I guess shaking the ring rust off, so um, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, you know, his first return was much more impactful for me and intriguing um this was what it was you know mm-hmm. so so
1: let me let me ask you guys a question do you guys feel like punk do you feel like number one should AEW have brought him back and number two is he that is he worth it is he that much of a draw where you feel like he was worth it for AEW to bring somebody back that has obviously been described by other wrestlers as quote-unquote toxic in the locker room
0: I'll answer first if that's all right. I believe I understand why Tony Khan and AEW brought him back. Um, you know, he's he's a big name. He's very controversial. He'll get TV ratings. He'll get internet uh, buzz. You know, he'll get you know whatever YouTube anything. But and he'll also get people to watch um, and people intrigued. Now, what like CM Funk said. They dealt with this differently last time. He'd been gone for seven years. There was a lot of controversy, and they said they were going to open. They have a new show called Rampage at the United Center, but they never said his name. They just kept hinting at it and hint, hinting at the fact of they just sold that place out without ever even saying his name. Um, but that's all it was for. If it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have sold that place out the first time, United Center. If it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have sold that place out the second time, which was United Center, which was last Saturday night. Um, to me and, and, and CM Funk, I'm interested to hear your take on this too. I'm, it's a little played out. I don't know. I don't think at this point in time, the way the professional wrestling business is and what we've been talking about for the past seven years, um, um, I'm thinking that that's why we kick it off and open the conversation with it because we can get past it and we can talk about other things that are happening, and we're not we it's nothing to to chomp on. Now, is it interesting? You know how he takes jabs at the people, the elite, whatever it is, uh, Warner Brothers, whomever he's taking jabs at. uh, Yeah, it's interesting. You know, but is it interesting? continually or will he shoot himself in the foot again or we will he get injured again or will he drop the f-bomb 37 times in a youtube thing again i I don't know toxic possibly Uh, could there be a situation now where people like okay i'm only going to perform on collision and then other people are only going to perform on rampage and and dynamite you know what i mean because it's two completely different shows two completely different parts of the week now they got to fill two arenas for two live shows theoretically um, I don't know how live collision will be all the time, but that's what I'm saying. I, I, it's hit or miss. But I, I did watch it, and I'm intrigued by what could happen. But it's a li- it's a little played out for me. CM Punk, how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, I think played out is probably the best way to to describe it, at least for for me as well. Um, you know, I, I I feel like CM Punk is now just live action clickbait, essentially. You yeah. Know? Like, um, you know we're gonna tune in you know just to see what he might say you know and uh-huh. reality is we know it's all been approved backstage first you know so it's not anything you know at least you would imagine after the you know issues from the previous run uh-huh. um that everything is being you know uh closely you know um uh watched and and all that and approved before they go out there so um yeah I don't know I, it is what it is you know, um, the show overall though was was actually pretty decent like some of the other stuff that went on was was actually pretty good so uh yeah you know but yeah it wasn't too bad
0: uh yeah pretty interesting some different uh sets some different colors some different camera angles uh you know interesting to say the least it wasn't bad uh would you fit ugly did you see any of this do you have an opinion on any of this, at this i point? did
1: not see any of this i think I, I saw a little bit of the promo on social media that cm punk did when he when he came back Mm. but yeah i did not see the actual show
0: fair enough Yeah, i say you're not missing much you could probably get a (laughs) highlight reel from somewhere (laughs) i'm just saying it's it was a decent show overall especially if you follow aew but it's interesting because they they didn't really it was kind of like two separate universes because there was dynamite and then rampage wednesday friday and then saturday collision kind of took on a whole different I don't know it just it had a different feel to it but it's it's still AEW a but different
1: feel in a good way or parts of it were
0: good but I, I don't know how it's gonna it's, it's I don't know if it's gonna be continually yeah. marketed to be separate or is it gonna follow along the same thing because in my opinion if it's a completely separate show with completely separate storylines that's intriguing so you're not like WWE watching the same thing every night I don't know what do you think CM Punk?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's like anything new, you know, the first episode is always going to be the attention grabber and get right. you, you know, but it's really more about what weeks two and three and everything that follows are about. And yeah, you know, it week one was, was different, which was good, which I think is good because you don't want to just do the same thing, you know, every single night. And yeah, it's like, know, we just got...
0: watched this like last night or Wednesday. Right. They,
2: they've got three nights of, uh, you know, uh, you know television and now you know produce and everything so it's got to be different to keep viewers interested but and they um, might
0: still have darker elevation which is on youtube channels on different nights of the week
2: yeah it's just it you know i i think it was different good but um you know is it sustainable eh, remains to be seen i think
0: we will find out as we all will on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast i'm talking about soundcloud stitcher itunes tune in radio you see that transition there that was pretty good um that was good. <laughs> so, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. I, I I like to be slick like that. Um, you know, it's good. We appreciate all of our uh, listeners, everybody who's following, subscribing, following along, reaching out to to get interviewed. We're not right. We're not wrong. Just fans. That's right we are just fans. That's what we're here for. Um, might as well cap off the AEW conversation by saying that, uh, pretty soon, depending on when you're uh, listening to this, it's going to be forbidden door, which went from, uh, And CM funk. And I actually discussed this previously. It, It went from, I could do without it to I can't live without it. Like, um, it got jacked up real quick and I think they might've felt that. So they needed to hit every card that they could. um, or or hit every door. <laughs> I don't know what call it. called. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got Kenny Omega and Osprey uh, for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. We got Brian Danielson and Kachikata Okada, ka- ka- Kachikita Okada. I know like,
2: Okada. Kazuchka, Kazuchka but thank okada. you
0: i, I couldn't yes. pronounce it but i know okada's right god um, bless
2: you yeah
0: thank, thank you uh brian danielson and okada and then uh, you got sonata versus jungle boy jack perry uh and then you got mjf theoretically versus uh tanahashi so uh even though he said he wouldn't do it but uh you know and that's just the short list um this could be this has the makings to be absolutely monumental uh it's 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 going to be on a uh, pay-per-view it's going to be well worth it go ahead uh cm funk
2: yeah i mean for any to me just looking at the initial card for anybody that is still kind of new or relatively novice to both new japan and AEW get this pay-per-view and <laughs> check out who, they've got their top stars each brand against the top stars you know so um, I mean, you can't get many bigger names and we still haven't even figured out where Moxley is going to be in all this, you know, right. and and, you know, there's some other big names in New Japan, too, that um, don't haven't been mentioned yet. So, right. um, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm most stoked. Honestly, I am most stoked to see um, well, Brian and Okada, mm. I, mean, I think uh, two of the best wrestlers of the last decade and a half, you know, finally getting in the ring together, I think is going to just blow the blow the doors or the roof off the place, you know, so at this um, point,
0: are they protecting anybody or are they just going to let them go a hundred percent?
2: Oh, these guys are going a hundred percent. They're not leaving anything on the table. Yeah, no doubt.
0: I hope so. No question. Fit ugly. Are you intrigued of any of this?
1: Uh, no. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but it sounds good. <laughs>
0: it's your you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something for everybody. You know, every every part of this is different for everybody. But and, and from what you hear from us talking about this fit ugly and, and from what we've been talking about for seven years before we jump into. We're going to talk about night of champions. We're going to review it. We're going to talk about money in the bank. We're going to preview it. Um, You know, we're going to have Matt Silks on later. Is there a forbidden door anymore? Does it even exist fit ugly?
1: A forbidden door, and what way you mean? And as far as a cliche
0: in professional wrestling, like is there is there a, a ceiling that cannot be broken? Is there a is there something that cannot be touched? Is there something that's really protected? You know, as far as one company jumping from another, or or you know, one company, uh, I don't know, is there a forbidden door anymore? Because before, the way it would be, the, the, this term forbidden door came about. Oh, you know, somebody from wwe would never be seen on wcw like this is way back before the monday night wars um you know what i mean and is there a forbidden door or is uh, all bets off at this point anybody can go anywhere at any time and do anything
1: i mean i think there's still a forbidden door when it comes to uh wwe okay because we've seen people you know we've seen people you know glide across things like you know maybe tna to AEW or vice versa or to some other independent promotion We've never seen an AEW star just show up on WWE
0: only once. Cody
1: Rhodes. That time cuz I am forgetting. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, but he wasn't but, but he what I mean is that he's not he, still No, no, right, to I, AEW. Right, I yes. understand. Yeah, so what I mean is like I think that's the forbidden door. I'm I'm, I'm thinking okay. of when it's like, "Hey, I'm still under contract by TNA or AEW, but I'm showing up on WWE television." Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's probably the last frontier when it comes to the forbidden door, is WWE allowing an AEW star to show up on their programming on their live television and doing something, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. while they still belong to this other company.
0: Feel you. Okay. Fair enough. And 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 CM Funk, what do you think about that? Is there a forbidden door anymore? Does it even exist?
2: Yeah, I mean, there isn't a Forbidden Door outside of WWE. I agree. I got gotcha. okay. I agree with that Ugly. You know, WWE is still. You may get the occasional, um, if they do like a, a you know, a, a video package or something. You may get somebody that you know, like a Chris Jericho may show up, like he did on Broken Skull Sessions, mm. you know, and stuff like that. You may get something like that, but as far as like an in-ring performance thing. Uh, even in the Triple H era, I doubt that that'll probably happen, so.
0: Fair enough. All right. And uh, I'm going to throw a tangent in here uh, just because this this really bothered me. Um, it, I I'm, I'm not talking about Baron Corbin, Corbin going over to NXT and wearing a tank top and shorts um, when he was wrestling in that ring, even though that did bother me, too. It doesn't matter what brand he wrestles on. He still doesn't wear an actual wrestling gear. But <laughs> here's here's... Here's what bothers me. Okay, so they just spent all this time in between the last time we talked and now, as far as the podcast is concerned, you know, creating the new World Heavyweight Championship and then giving Rhea Ripley a new title belt, uh, giving Asuka a new title belt, uh, you know, giving Roman Reigns a new title belt. Why is Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman still carrying around three title belts? I thought the idea was to
2: because he, because he can
0: yeah I I get that
1: he is a tribal chief
0: I get it but damn it I it, it's like I wanted I, you know the uniformity we talked about this uniformity of the titles uh over all the brands it's kind of happening but then it's kind of not because mm. I know they can they still got other um merchandise to sell on wwwshop.com I get that I understand that but it's the same title belt it's just a different color um And he's got three of them now. Uh, And I don't know. I'm just – I don't know. It annoys me. I want – it just kind of, to me, as far as the championship is – the championship is more than a title belt. I get that. And the title belts are there for show and whatever. But I just – I want one title belt per person. That's it. And there's enough of them to go around. But go ahead, Ugly. I'm sorry to cut you off.
1: No, no. I was cutting you off. So, I – I agree with you. I think that only the one is necessary. I think that the way the reason they're doing this is because it obviously makes Reigns look so accomplished. Uh, And and, and it reminds me of boxing. Like, you know, in boxing they have like multiple different belts. So you might see one person, you know, like a Floyd Mayweather walk out with like three or four belts that he has and, and he's got his entourage carrying some of them. You know what I'm saying? And so it makes you look like an undisputed champion that just like has just been racking up these titles that can't be beat and i think that that's the look they're going for with with ratings and this thing but i'm with you he just needs one belt man yeah
0: like, i mean give a champion i mean like i said he's much more and i understand it but it, it's Heyman still carrying him around he's still carrying around the other titles
1: you
2: know, you know i i i totally agree with fit ugly on this like it, it as far as you know, it makes Reigns look, you know, all the more accomplished and more powerful. And, you know, as we said, he is the tribal chief, you know, I don't mind it. And I, I think it's great because part of what he built up over the last couple of years was the fact that he had those multiple championships, you know, and he'd lift one up. Heyman would lift one up, you know, of course, the Usos at the time would hold up both of the tag title belts, you know, and it just showed what they, you know, that they really did rule. So. Um, I like it, and I think it'll get phased out over time, but I think initially I think it's kind of kind of fun, but
0: i think you know it, and i I see where you're coming from in that aspect, and why not just give them the red one back? I mean the red one was you know phased in, the only reason the red one turned blue is because the universal champion ended up on Smackdown instead of raw, so give them that one too, but I mean it's if they were gonna create the new title belt, that just adds as like i don't know I don't see the reasoning yet. Uh, you know, as far as they're giving new title belts to everybody, but they're, they're, they're still the Raw Women's Championship and the SmackDown Women's Championship. They're still kind of lurking around out there. It's like they're all they're doing is just packing on. So eventually phase it out. I understand where you're both coming from, though. It makes Roman Reigns. It gives him that much more uh, just just value as far as his character, you know, being, you
1: know, the dominant one. So, hey, I, I, I feel like when he drops it, they're going to do away with the other two belts if
2: or or maybe maybe they're keeping them around so both Jimmy and Jay can win one of the other the older ones you know <laughs> off of Roman and also I don't know. Uh, that's a good segue
0: <laughs> cm funk because you know the bloodline is something we really need to talk about at this point in
2: time man we are all about segways tonight this is a segue a-
0: uh yeah segue let me tell you about this bloodline that we've been talking about for the, all these years they're taking very similar actually the same people except solo he's newer but the same people and, and they're they're putting in different storylines every time and they're making them interesting. Um, So whoever is, you know, obviously it's the, it's the guys that are on the television performing all of this. We got to give the kudos to, because that's what, you know, they're pulling it off, but whoever's keeping this going and writing it, we we would thought something like this would get dry. This is the longest storyline in professional wrestling history at this point in this, in this modern era. It's crazy. So at this point, if you haven't seen it, what has happened now is will, you know, the whole thing is Jimmy kicked Roman in the face at the last pay-per-view or premium live event, which was Night of Champions. And then will Jay fall in line? Where will Jay stand? Because it looked like Jimmy was out on his own. Uh, but you know, Jay back and forth. You never knew who what side he was on, because he would step to one side, he'd step to the other side. And then Jay came out and cut this really nice promo about, you know, you you Jimmy, you've been you you ain't got my back for years. They got my back. All this stuff. Well, you know what? You're out. You know, he made sure to say you're out. And then he said, "Well, I'm out too." And then he kicked Roman in the face. And then it was the Usos versus Roman and Solo, which we are getting at Money in the Bank. Um, let's start with you, Fit Ugly. Are you still liking it? What do you think about it now? Where does it go? How does this fit into the whole WWE timeline right now?
1: Yeah, so I feel like the the whole Bloodline story, kicked kick Roman in the face, I feel like the Bloodline is still the best storyline that they have going on. <laughs> even yep. though it's obvious that at this point, you know, the Bloodline has imploded, so to speak. Um, but I think it's still enjoyable. Um, and even watching that segment, especially when, you know, when, uh, I think it's Jay, right, when he told Jimmy, like, you know, and I'm out too, mm-hmm. and, he, and he super kissed Roman, it's like, yo, that, that was exciting. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was still good, good television entertainment. So I'm still excited where it's going because you still got solo, right? Solo is still yeah. with Reigns, and so as long as Solo's with Reigns, you know, I, I think they're probably going to move into a a, a storyline in which the brothers are trying to convince the last brother that this guy isn't is no good. You know, um, so I think you still got some legs on this bloodline thing. You know, with now Sokoa and Reigns having to go against Jimmy and Jay. Um, however, I think the thing is, for me, is I don't see Jimmy and Jay taking any titles off of Reigns. Okay. So my thing is, who becomes the person that gets back into a singles competition with Reigns that actually <clears throat> threatens, you know, his titles?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, you know, who is it going to be? We don't know yet. Uh, but CM Funk, how you feel about the bloodline?
2: Yeah, well, I got, I've got, i got two takes on it. One is to kind of continue off of that about who takes the title off. Uh, I was going to say, you know, which of the three uh, brothers is the one that dethrones, you know, Roman? Because I feel like that's at least what they're teasing at this point. You know, um, even Solo, I feel like maybe... He, at the end of it, is the one who finally does it, you know. Um ain't no I, way. <laughs> I know, Well, look, I, I'm not saying it made sense. Uh, you know, I'm just saying I, I feel like that they're starting to kind of tease. I think ultimately Cody Rhodes still is the one to do it down the yeah. road at WrestleMania, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, but they're teasing it like, you know, setting Jay up as maybe the, the guy to do it, which, you know, I don't see any of the three brothers being, you know, main event, like roman reigns quality
0: well they gotta set them up to at least face them and get a match or two out of it because we we got a lot of time in between now and wrestlemania right
2: right exactly yeah i mean you've got three three more of the big four to go and you could main event each one with one of the brothers at some point and wrestlemania ends up being Cody or something but and then my second take is and we kind of discussed this on the last podcast is that It was starting to feel stale with the whole Sammy and KO being involved. Right. And thank you that they're not really involved anymore. The occasional Sammy interaction with Jay, but otherwise they got off of that. And I'm so glad they did because it reinvigorated the storyline, I think, a little bit. So.
1: Yeah,
0: and now Sammy and Kevin are still the undisputed tag team champions, and they've got their own little storylines with Sammy being an anger management specialist, uh, with Kevin just flying off the handle every now and again, which is funny, uh, because it involves anybody that they pass backstage or anybody that's in the ring, so... Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Of course, you know, when we talk about money in the bank, that's that's happening in money in the bank, the ta- the initial tag team match right there. We could get Jimmy versus Roman, we could get Jay versus Roman, we could get Jimmy and Jay versus Roman in a triple threat, and then you could tease the whole thing. Well, could Jimmy beat Jay? Could Jay beat Jimmy? Could one turn on the other? Could you know, it, there's a whole a lot of things, but the timing, the facials, everything that they're doing, uh the delivery, it's wonderful uh great stuff great stuff a couple of uh random things before we uh talk about um knight of champions and then of course like i said uh, in our next segment matt silks uh professional wrestler and then you know don't go away because segment three we're coming back because this is what we do um this is how we top it off so um Carlito is looking or has to uh, possibly already re-signed with the WWE and uh, shutting off some of his independent dates because uh, what happened in Puerto Rico was just so positive all around the world. And I love that because he's in fantastic shape. He's a great character, and he could add uh, to whatever brand that he's on. So I hope that happened. Bray Wyatt, gonna, we're, go
3: ahead. I was
2: going to say, uh, but did he really re-sign with the WWE, or is it just, you know, a smokescreen? It could before- be. Remains to be
0: seen. We don't know yet, you know, obviously, but uh, we will find out. Um, So that's just uh, this is some of the rumor innuendo roundup, uh, you know, in these little tangents here. Uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt return is imminent. Well, you know, we've known or thought about that for a while. Do we care? Maybe. I don't know. Is it going to happen? Who knows? We'll see. Um, Oh, and uh, by the way. Go, to go back a few minutes, uh, and if you want to tie this together, you're welcome to. But it's okay. Uh, Andrade uh, and Miro returned at AEW Collision. Both of them did. Uh, or actually, what what did uh, Kevin Kelly call Andrade? El Idolo. He didn't say it right. Wow, well, you know, <laughs> I was weird. Um, but anyway. They they both came back. Drew McIntyre rumored to make return at Money in the Bank. They will be in London, so they will be sort of in that neck of the woods that they would make a big pop for him. What he what will he do? What he will you be involved in? We do not know. Um, the WWE Payback is going to be in Pittsburgh, I think. Does, that's a that's a premium live event that's going to be over here? Will it be WWE? Will it be uh, NXT? Who knows? But they're starting to do them in, in smaller arenas now. Or, at, you know, not stadiums, I should say. They're they're keeping that for the Big Four, I guess, or uh, the overseas shows. So that, that's my rumor innuendo uh, roundup, if you want to call it that. Um, do you feel he... like – let me
1: ask you guys this. Do you feel like real quick – I know we only got a little bit of time left in this first segment. Do you feel like Bray Wyatt's initial mm-hmm. return run was a failure?
0: Oh, you mean this most recent one? Yes. Oh, Yeah. I think the yeah. buildup was wonderful. I thought the QR codes were great, but when it actually happened, just flopped. What do you think, CM Funk?
2: Yeah, they they took too long getting him back in the ring, and then having that pitch black Mountain Dew match like it just got really. <laughs> I mean, it's his character is corny, but that was just really corny. Like, and and just didn't connect with anybody. So hopefully they uh hopefully they repackage him or something
0: repackage again um yeah so that that is to answer your question there fit ugly um so what i'll do here as i know that we're wrapping up segment one what i'll do is i'll go through the fast list of the um the results from knight of champions and then when we come back in segment three uh we will go over this so something to think about while we're uh talking to matt silks uh coming up in segment two so uh, a couple of different things happened what led off the show uh Seth Freakin Rollins defeated AJ Styles to become the first ever uh current uh current regime world heavyweight champion uh on Monday Night Raw um and then Trish Stratus defeated Becky Lynch uh by pinfall as well um there was some little chicanery in that one uh Gunther uh defended successfully his intercontinental championship against Mustafa Ali, uh, Oscar and defeated Bianca Belair. Um, and she became the new raw women's champion. And as we said, she has been granted a new championship title belt, uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, squashed Natty, uh, with, uh, the biggest heel of our modern day era, Dominic Mysterio in the corner of Rhea. Um, and then Brock Lesnar defeated Cody Rhodes by I guess I think it was pass out. I guess you want to call it TKO. He passed out. He didn't tap. He didn't give up.
1: Uh, can I a quick tangent real quick? Go Is ahead. Dominic Mysterio, the biggest heel in the past decade. Like, do you guys remember a guy getting this much booze and heat no. in the past decade?
0: Not not even Roman Reigns when we were trying to hate him. And not even John Cena when everybody loved to hate him this guy's got real heat this guy can get, <laughs> this, yep. this dude could get shot literally uh going to and from an arena he better have extra security what do you think cm funk you agree with that
2: uh, I, I, I totally agree and it's a good thing he's done hard time because that's the only thing that's gonna protect him.
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah. And we could talk more. We'll talk more about that in in segment three, but my God, this guy, you, you even say his name. He doesn't even have to be there. He just gets mentioned and everybody knows on the roster that he's going to get like a chorus of boost. Not only is it the cool thing to do inside the crowd, but when you build a storyline with him, like you did, you, you interrupt your hall of fame father, um, you know, you, you try to deal with him at WrestleMania and you become the bad son, the bad seed, and you go up, up against a legend like Rey Mysterio and you disrespect that. I mean, he did so many things and, and God bless Rey for putting him over like this. And I mean over as far as heat, because, dude, he could ride as long as he can ride this out. He's going to be on TV. He's going to be involved in everything because he gets so much freaking heat. Um. And, and I will say I, I did see something at a live event where uh it was, it was Ray versus Dominic or something like that. And, and Ray ended up spanking him, like putting him over a chair and spanking him just like little, little, little face heel stuff. It was beautiful. yeah
2: Well, and that was good. Just real quick. That, so that was this past weekend, which was father's day weekend. Right. And Saturday, Dominic cost Ray Mysterio a match against Roman Reigns for the title. And then on father's day, Ray got his uh, his payback on his son on Father's Day. And this family. all
0: happened at live event house shows.
3: Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Good stuff. Good stuff.
0: I love that stuff. And then, of course, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the main event defeated uh, uh, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa uh, and retained their championships. And that's where we talked about Jimmy uh, starting the kick that dissolving can, the bloodline. Can I
1: ask one more question? Go ahead. Has, has Sami Zayn lost his theme since leaving the bloodline and joining with Kevin Owens?
0: I think it's different steam. I don't know if he's lost it, but I think he, he he was riding a high with them. And we could definitely, since we got less than 60 seconds here, we're going to – this is how we're going to start segment three. But I will say he's got different steam, but it's not as much steam as he had before. CM Funk? Agreed. Got it. Hey – Stick around for Matt Silks. This is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And then stick around for more with us in segment three. CM Funk, Fit Ugly, and Dirty Mike. We'll be right back. And we're back on yeah. the dirt. Every time you cut me off, this is <laughs> pro wrestling. You cut me off. I understand. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the big one. And we are here on segment number two, episode 117. We told you about it earlier. We promised you, we're bringing it to you now. We have a very special guest for the first time uh, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Reached out to us after we had our conversation with Robbie Page, and uh, I'm. I'm Glad to know this guy, and I'm glad to hear more about him. I've been reading about him on the Facebook, and he's he's all over the place. He's at PWX Pro Wrestling, uh, AON, All or Nothing Pro Wrestling, Honorary Wrestling Federation. Uh, he's a married man. He's happily married with two young boys, two boys. Uh, he, is, he loves them like no other, and he is a professional wrestler. This is his bio on his Facebook, which I'm sure he'll promote later. From Lewistown, Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Silks. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for... Matt Silks, welcome to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast.
4: Thanks a lot, guys. I'm really excited to be talking to you guys. and I don't know if I've ever had quite an awesome entrance like I've done a couple podcasts, but that was amazing, so thank you.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. I felt a little bit of the ring announcer coming back out of me in that, so uh, yeah, that was fun. I I can't wait to do that again, but you're welcome. No problem, Matt. Um, So yeah, I kind of built you up a little bit. Uh, but I want you to uh, just tell us about yourself. Well, we don't know you very well, the dirty ugly pot. you're introducing yourself to us for the first time. Tell us about yourself, Matt.
4: almost definitely, man. You, I mean, you covered it i'm a, I'm a family man, uh, a grown up right here in um you know central Pennsylvania, and uh, you know, but it's always been a Big pro wrestling, Mark. Big fan, you know. And uh, I've always wanted to be a wrestler myself, you know. So I do a couple of things. I uh, I work a full time job, and um, I run a wrestling school here in Lewistown. Uh, it's the Mifflin County Wrestling Academy. I run it right after I get home from work. I get home four thirty, and I'm in the ring at five o'clock. And uh, you know, we're throwing drop kicks, and you know, doing some headlock takeovers. It's all awesome. Um, you know, and then on the weekends we travel around, you know, we do the thing that all the guys before me have done is go out there, pay your dues and, uh, you know, continue this amazing tradition that is known as pro wrestling. And I'm just, I'm just excited to be able to be doing it. And I'm excited to be talking to you guys right here in the Dirty Ugly podcast. I'm just excited, man.
0: Man, we can hear the passion in his voice. How about it, big ugly?
1: Yo, I, I freaking love it, Matt. (laughs) I'm looking forward to hearing more (laughs)
0: That's right. Yeah, well, you know, he mentioned about getting into the pro wrestling business. Always wanted to be a pro wrestler. So big, ugly. Why don't you ask your question first, right out of the gate? Because I know you love this question, yeah. and for seven years we asked this to everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Matt, I always like to find out, man. What was it like when you took your first bump?
4: Oh, I took my first bump. Um, I mean, I, that's the thing. I mean, I, I it, you got it. Really depends. I mean, the first bump I've ever taken a ring. We'll go with that. Um, okay. First time I ever took a bump in the ring, I think it was, let's uh, say, end of 2010. And um, it didn't feel too good, but I was used to, like, landing on the ground and stuff priorly, you know, for a couple of years. But um, when I took my first bump, actually, it was the end of a uh, wrestling show. It was WPW. Uh, back in the day, whenever you still had to like come in with a crazy like cop gimmick or security guard to take out like the main guy or whatever, but you're still get, you know you're still getting seen before you're getting trained. This is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that the first bump was it was awesome. Uh, Dylan Freymeyer, uh, close friend of mine, I come up with uh, a long time ago. He uh, introduced me into the business and taking that first bump, man. I I don't think it hurt really because I was just so damn excited to be (laughs) taking a back bump in a ring, man. So, so long waited. Um, I think I was like 20 years old. It was like the best thing ever up until like having my kids, you know, but. Yeah, it didn't hurt. I don't think.
0: That's a (laughs) hell of a story, man. Uh, I tell you, Fit Ugly loves these things. We we've been talking about this. We ask a lot of different people, and they give us a lot. Now, you know, and me personally, I probably say, you know, before I took my actual first legitimate bump, I I took other bumps. You know, either being a stage performer or doing the backyard wrestling thing, which which all of us, you know, come through at some point in time. Which you know, it, it is what it is. It happens. But you know, we're all fans. We're all, you know, like you said, marks. Marks are fans, and. Yeah. uh you know it has a connotation to it sometimes but i mean if there were no marks there would be nobody buying tickets there would be nobody uh you know searching internet there will be nobody driving out to see shows and we're
4: listening to podcasts you're <laughs> right you're right
0: about that i'll say you know we're 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 marks but in, in that positive way it's it's you know we're not right we're not wrong we just fans that's what we always say but um so, you know, Matt, you know, you're talking about, you know, the first bump, obviously, we just talked about that. But, you know, how did you, you know, about 2010, How did you know, when did you decide to take the training? Who did you take the training from? You know, and, uh, you know, how did you actually get into there? How long was it before your first match? Kind of get into that kind of stuff.
4: Oh, uh, OK. Um, yeah, I was I want to say uh, I was doing kind of and I've never really told a story, so it's cool. Um, hey, whatever you're that. comfortable
0: with, brother.
3: Yeah.
4: I was I was actually doing uh, backyard wrestling and uh, Dylan Freimeyer came and see me, and uh, he was like, "Man, just imagine, you know, because we were packing like three hundred people in a backyard here in Lewistown, and hey, it's a free show, so everybody's going to show up, right, brother, brother? Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I ended up going through uh, Rob Noxious. I met him through Dylan, and uh, actually. I had bought a ring. I had bought a brand new ring from Monster Rings and Cages, and it like probably about a month before I met Rob. So when he comes up here, he's probably thinking he's gonna come up to like this uh, terrible looking situation because you know how it is, And especially back then. It was uh, it was different. We were in a pool barn. We were in a pool barn. Had a brand new ring, and I can remember him saying, "Man, I really like the ring." And we trained up there for probably six months in the winter. I want to say it started january february and um i trained the whole way up until uh the beginning of june i do believe june 18th was my pro wrestling debut so that was just uh this past week along with uh, my wife and i's uh 12 year anniversary so it was 12 year anniversary wedding and 12 year anniversary for wrestling two different days which is quite a story of its own but uh awesome
1: that's
3: awesome
4: yeah yeah, it's, it's like we, you know, and that's the thing, like a lot of guys say about pro wrestling being their life. We really have like modified our life for pro wrestling and uh, Rob's school, Fort Noxious, and he's still open. He's still doing stuff. You know, if you want to be a pro wrestler, by all means, reach out to him. I mean, he's a fantastic uh, man for the business. You know, he's helped me, he's taught me things the hard way. But, uh, you know, training up until June 18th, I had my first match. And it was with him and uh main event here in uh Lewistown. So my first match was in a main event and it was with like Manu, you know, from WWE. So it was like all stacked up, you know, oh, a yeah. whole bunch of people. It was it was a great time, you know. And it was on an event that I had a lot of help like, you know, creating and stuff like that. And I was really young. So like it was an amazing thing to witness, you know, never being that age. You don't really, I and mean, I guess it's easier to do it nowadays, but back then, you know, you really were going through a lot to do something like we were doing. And, and it was new. We, we were the only person around this area, you know. I'm right by State College. So there wasn't really anybody around this area doing it besides Rob, and he was in Harrisburg. So creating the show we did here in Lewistown, you know, that, that just built up something amazing. And, you know, there's two companies around here now, you know, my my wife's company and Seven Mountains. And Rod, Rod's a great guy. You know, he's he's a great trainer. There's a bunch of guys down there that can know what they're doing. So uh yeah, I I put over Fort noxious all the way.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, brother. And now it's now we're, you know, 13 years after that, almost, uh you know, 12, 13 years. This is great. So have you been have you been wrestling the whole time? Has it been, you know, uh what's the, been the career path for you as far as the wrestling? Has it got into I think it's got into a bit of the creative side. Uh, I, I believe you're, uh you know, part, you know, you're holding the pencil. You know, I yeah. I know you yeah. got experience doing a lot of that. So how, how does that ride go? Is it is it about the championship? Is it, is it about, uh, the, the asses in the seats and the, and the money in the bucket or, uh, you know, and where, where do you, where do you see yourself like going from there to here? What, what was, what's been the process for you?
4: Um, the, the process is really, you know, really, really simple. I, I trained, I trained there at Rob's the, you know, the entire time, you know, I, I ended up, I think putting in three years. I mean, there was come and go moments. We all have that to where you, you're not there at training one week, but you are the next and then you're are, and you are, you are, and then you're not, you know, yeah. but, um, but I ended up like just getting burned out of it because I was doing, I was doing the backyard stuff before. And then like, I met Rob and, you know, like I have all this admiration and respect for him right now, but when I was a young kid, I, I don't know that I had the same feeling for him. I mean, he was telling me, I couldn't backyard anymore, you know, and I I couldn't do the things that I was used to doing, which was making basically all of the decisions on what happened, Mm. you know, and, and to be basically young, not know what you're doing and you hear something like that, it, it, it drives a wedge, you know, and there was, there was other things that went into it. It's very well known that Rob and I went through a bunch of stuff and in 2014 um, I would say I was really done pretty much. I was, only doing like one or two matches here and there and it was for like i think there was a show that i did it was like for the juniata terrace that burned down and and they were like hey you know we should do a show you and your brother and we ended up raising a whole bunch of money for him it was awesome uh but like i left basically around four two 2014 and didn't do anything till about 2016 and then it was just back off again it's also known that i was uh heavily into painkillers, you know, I got tore up there towards the end of my, uh, my run there in 2014. But, but my, my big thing is when I returned, you know, like, uh, I was away, we were trying to build HWF probably, I want to say from 2018 to present, you know, but, obligation after obligation you know you had things to do you know you don't have time to build a wrestling company you have to pay your bills you have to work you have to be a father you have to be a husband
0: yeah life Um, happens man
4: yes yes it does and and we were told you know at all ends it's probably not going to work out you know you're probably not going to be able to get your license you know and at the time I had a lot of heat with Rob. I had a lot of heat with a lot of people. Like nobody wanted anything to do with me. It's like you talked to me, you were scorched from the business, and who the hell wants blackballed for talking to somebody? And I get it. I got it completely. Um, Nick down at Rye City, uh, he opened his doors up to me, and um, I will will always respect and love him for that. I love Nick. Yeah, Nick. And, you know, I, I heard uh, Stan Stiles in the UWE locker room here a couple months ago say that, you know, Nick is like the glue that holds it together. He really yeah. is, man. He really is because he got me, you know, I looked at him. I said, I'm only going to wrestle for HWF. I'm not going to do anything else. I just want to help my wife's promotion. I want to be world champion, you know, do something that I've never been able to do. And, uh, you know, he's like, you're going to work other places. This is going to take a minute you know and I just started training my ass off man I say probably I want to say it was right after pandemic or right during it towards the end we started training heavy in my dad's garage and it was just me and another guy and before you know it uh, I have a couple of my original guys that were backyarding with me a long time ago here they are poking their noses around what are you doing are you gonna are you really gonna do this and and we did man we we really went at it hard we started training i want to say that me and my guys trained about three months before the first show that my wife ran here and that was uh, three years ago this july and you know we're getting ready to celebrate that that summer fest uh, it was 20 it's 2021 first year and all of them have been successful you know they've all been good but uh to me, the most important thing when it comes to show, show wise is it's not so much about um, the money aspect of it for me. I mean, that's nice. It's, it's a incentive, I guess you'd want to say, and it helps with paying the bills and getting to where you need to be. But it's all about the the look, you know, the crisp look of everything. The production's got to be on point, you know. I do the posters, I do the the video editing, uh, you name it. I make the t-shirt designs, help all my guys come up with their logos and and shit like that. And I want to say I was like probably inspired to do that by having all those years where I wasn't doing anything. You know, I was mm. sharpening my tools. I was working on other shit. And I told my wife, I want to be able to cover every aspect of the business. When I return, I want to be better than anything that I want to be better than I ever was before. I want to respect it more because I had a newfound respect for it, but I was able to do all of those things, you know, like Mike Raddick, he, he owns his own company, Voltage. I'm debuting for him yep. in uh, July. He, uh, he does, he does amazing things. You know, he's a ring announcer so- Nights he does, you know, his uh, you know, DJ and shows, and there's some guys that are like, Well, I'm not gonna do that, you know. And Mike's one of those guys, like, not not any job's too big or too small for him. And I love that shit because that's what I wanted to do when I come back. I wanted to be able to contribute to the business, my love letter, if you will, you know. But um, it's just about the look, it's about safety, and uh, you know, the respect that's the top part, and I feel that's missing nowadays. I feel it's either uh softened up side of the world or you know i, I feel like there's a lot of times you got to remind people that you know one the business ain't for free i don't give this business for free at all i run this school and i make these guys pay their dues and i make them pay to be a wrestler and i make them travel and set the rings up like i had to do hundreds of times um but you know it's it's just about being safe and having a good time brother you know that's what it is
0: amen amen big ugly you still on the headset
1: I'm still here,
0: sir. All right. I just want to make sure. I know you're taking care of the uh, the uh, technical part of this, but yeah, yeah. I was just. does yeah, yeah, and, and doesn't this, and 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 this is res, the, the word respect, and 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 to me and you, fit ugly. Over seven years, we've been doing this. This story seems very universal as far as, and I'm not saying I'm not Matt. You, what you're doing, what you have done, is unique. But when yeah. we've talked to different people. In different aspects and different places in their life and different. We seem to find this initial passion just because you're a fan and you want to jump into it and you don't necessarily have the guidance to to do it. You know, you don't have all the tools necessary then. Then you come, at, you you take a break, you take a hiatus, you know, and and everybody has different for different reasons, you know, life and marriage and kids and work and but getting burnt out or you know just understanding that I don't. And then you come back when you come that comeback story personally for yourself, um, that is extremely motivational. And and Eric and I want to ask you this: you've you've heard this, we've heard this so many times, haven't we? F- from so many people on this podcast.
1: Yes, we have. Absolutely.
0: I mean, think about it from where we started and, and some of the people we've talked to. This is a very universal story and it happens in life, too. You know, we go through ups and downs, hills and valleys, roller coaster. But isn't isn't it great to hear the success stories coming out of all of these?
1: Yeah, no, no. I love that. I love the uh, the perseverance, I would say, um, to keep to keep going and, and hear Matt's you know, story is is, mo- is motivational you know what i'm saying to uh you know keep that spirit going
0: i love it i, I, I agree and you know when we came up with this name dirty ugly wrestling podcast you know we, we we came up with names for ourselves we came up with a name that might you know get get uh get some interest like well it's dirty it's ugly that it has a negative yeah. connotation no nah, man life is dirty life is ugly but it always comes out to something positive you know, oh, yeah. for some reason I'm, I'm thinking real deep in this, you know what I'm saying? But oh, yeah. it's, it's true though. And, and, uh, you know, I want to say to you before we you move on that, you know, I want to say, you know, thank you for doing, you know, what you've done in your life. Obviously it's, it's been, you know, self prophecy and it's for you, but it's obviously it's, it's reached out to others. You know, yeah. you may have, uh, had a blemish on your professional career or your life, but you knew it, you fixed it you came yep. back and now you're thriving and that's what I want to talk about now you know you you're you're involved in a couple of different promotions you're involved in a lot of different aspects of the promotions and you're still wrestling yourself so what's going on now brother again I, again appreciate that word respect so much yeah. and you know and, and I didn't mean to you know jump into your story that I just wanted to point out that this is a yeah. damn good success story and thank you for sharing it with us
4: yeah, man. No, no problem at all. I mean, I'll be 100% honest with you. The The whole time coming back, I was just like, you know, how are you going to tell this story? You know, how are you, you're, you're going to have a minute, hopefully, you know, hopefully you draw some type of, uh, you know, attention that somebody's going to want to hear this story somebody's going to want to you know talk about what you're going through and i of course i I appreciate you guys having me it's a it's a blessing to me this kind of stuff isn't just given to me You, you you work for stuff like this that's what i was just telling my students today when i was talking about doing this interview um like the big the big aspect to me is you know on the on the comeback now of course that story i was telling you about with rob noxious you know we we're good now. You know, I, 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 send him messages probably once, twice a week. Hey, is this looking right? Or, 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 even if it's like, you know, because I am doing bigger things now than what I was when I was younger, I am holding the pencil to say, and <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, and the big thing to me is I'm, I'm still learning that aspect of still trying to figure out how to handle certain situations, you know, and we all know that there's crazy situations in wrestling. There's the, you know, my rate's this, and then you got to add the trans on, you know, and you're not used to something like that or, yeah. or, or whatever. And it just, that is an example, you know, I've had to reach out to him, you know, Rob, what do, you know, what do I do here? We actually had a chance to do something very cool. A couple months ago, I was on a seven mountains show, a huge shout out to those guys. You know, yeah. we were able to bury an extremely large hatchet somehow here in Mifflin County to be able to make it happen. But it was incredible. And, you know, it did something for me. It, it basically like when me and my students walked in that building in the debt show, it was almost like, well, now you're officially back because yeah. the whole time doing it the whole time coming back, I was like, I'm going about this the wrong way. You know, I, I should have, I should have called him. I should have made it right. You know, and it took, me losing a loved one that he knew very well also that, you know, we started talking again and, and we got back to where we are. And if anybody knows Rob Noxious, it's not easy to just move on. And there was a, there was a lot to unpack. There was this crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, we were involved in in the law and stuff and it was, it was, um it was nuts, but now it's like, I'm up here at PWX, I'm doing, I'm doing different things. You know, I just actually got something very cool for my wife. My wife's about to be doing something pretty cool up at that company. And of course she runs HWF here and she's learning how to uh, open the book. If you can hear what I'm saying there. <laughs> and, and, and like I told her, I said, I'm gonna try not to uh, give it away, you know, but you know, this is a, it's a podcast, but She's going right. to be doing some amazing stuff, and cool. You know, we got. But I'm I'm mainly excited about my students, man. My students are doing good. Like Edward James and R.D. Mosh, they're they've grown into like wrestlers. You know, I I've backyarded with these guys for years, and you know, we've known each other eighteen to twenty years, and now we're traveling the road and hearing them call me their trainer, and and then like watching all of this training that we do payoff and seeing how clean certain things are with them. And like I'm I'm just so excited about it. I mean like Loveless and uh, I, have, I have two other I have two girls that are really working hard here too. I have um a referee, uh Katie and I have a, a girl that's about to start uh wrestling matches here before too long. Her name's uh Danielle, she's a pit chick. She manages uh me and RD Mosh and the Sons of Mifflin County a tag team that we do. We do that at PWX. Uh, actually, we do it everywhere. Now we, we debuted it here at HWF at the last show that we did. And that was successful, of course. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think the biggest thing to me right now is to try to get the as much ex- experience for my students, but also have the experience for myself to learn, like, okay, well, I have guys coming up. I learned this probably wasn't the way to do this, you know, so I can fix it with these guys And of course, it always gets easier for younger people. It gets easier for the people coming up. They didn't have to uh, go through all that crazy stuff that I went through. And of course, when these guys were going to shows with me, I had a big stigma about myself, you know, for like a minute. And people were just like, don't work with him. Don't talk to him, you know? And my guys, my guys lasted through that. My guys have done incredible, and I'm so proud of them. We just had an amazing show, PWX, this past weekend. And, uh, you know, from here on out, it's like every weekend's wrestling. And I, I never thought when I even come back that I'd be doing that. But I literally am wrestling every weekend for the next like month and a half. So I'm that's excited. Good. Yeah.
0: Congratulations, man. That's great. Thank See you. your excitement for other people. I mean, that's that's yeah. just great. When And that's that's showing, you know, that you're not just there to get yourself over i mean obviously you know that's a part of it yeah but (laughs) i mean you got to get yourself over to be but you know what i'm saying your focus is not just on yourself yeah um that's beautiful of course you got to get yourself over i mean that's that's part of you know whatever you're doing holding the pencil or standing in the ring or putting up the posters you gotta that's what you're doing but it sounds like you're always learning and that's a great thing yeah i'll never
4: be fully trained i'll never be fully trained like i'm teaching guys and i'm just like you know i got what you need to start but like at the same time it's like i'm always gonna learn i'm a student of the game man
0: absolutely and i love to hear that that's fantastic so um this is this is a great story to start with and you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to you know monitor what you're doing and of course have you back on in the future but uh can we talk a little fan pro wrestling at this point can we can we yeah. see where you come from as the standpoint of a fan you said you were a fan before you know before you, st- you did the backyard thing and started taking yep. your first ball so when did you start watching wrestling I mean what was uh what was the beginning for you was it when you were a kid and you know tell us about that
4: um yeah awesome I, again another story I never got to tell them this is great see, um, this is what we love man yeah th- thank you so much um my boy is <laughs> really gonna appreciate this uh good Actually, I was in elementary school. I would say it was like in third grade. I think it was. Yeah, it was third grade. I ended up repeating that year, and I met okay. this kid, Andy Hoare. and he—that's literally his name, Andy Hoare. You know, we we called him Andy the Killer Hor whenever we were backyarders, wow. right? Yes.
0: yes. I mean, if he didn't yeah. have an in, imp, implant, implanted wrestling gimmick from, if that was his actual name, <laughs> his name I mean, come yeah. on now
4: yes right so this guy this guy like <laughs> introduces wrestling to me by like this little um this stone cold cup is sitting on his desk okay you know and i look at it and i'm like hey you know what is that And he goes you know it's stone cold steve austin wwf wrestler and i was like what is that and he tells me go home tonight and you know turn on usa network and is i want to say this is 1998
0: Attitude I, era. Damn right.
4: They, I, I turn on the TV and then, uh, literally we weren't in the middle of a commercial or nothing. It was, it was The Rock and The Rock was, and what, what the, the best thing to see is, you know, The Rock, the first thing that I see in the wrestling. And, um, wow. you know, he's cutting this amazing promo. It's, it's one for the books. And as soon as I saw him, I was just like, you know what, I got to do that. I have to do that. And he's definitely the, inspiration he was like my favorite you know okay. i would say the rock the rock stone cold like everybody's story from the 90s but and i wasn't a wcw guy i was wwf all the way
0: ah, mm-hmm. yeah. see and this is what we talk about when we talk about you know big ugly going back and watching some of these uh attitude era type things yeah oh my god
1: i tend to go back and binge the attitude era and I, i'm with you matt i was a straight wwe guy i watched wcw yeah. But attitude-era WWE tops yes. WCW. Even with NWO, I'm sorry, it, it yeah. took a
4: take. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know that we didn't know it was that popular though, either that, you know what I mean? Like as a kid, I didn't know like, well, the NWO is drawing this rating on WCW. All I cared about is when the glass broke. Oh my God. My ass left the couch. My mother was like, Oh no. You know, I was just telling my, I was telling my, uh, my, my wife here the other night, this story, my mom and I used to watch wrestling all the time together, you know, and she goes to all of my shows now, but you know this little thing here remember when stephanie was like with triple h and it was like at the beginning you know it was like right right after the he acted like he was gonna hit it with the sledgehammer and stuff so we're like watching this pay-per-view and my mom's like i don't like the way stephanie's walking around that ring i think she's gonna turn on triple h i was like they're <laughs> bad guys they can't turn on each other but you know i didn't know who knows you know i'm like nine years old <laughs> but it was incredible and i love pro
0: wrestling dude uh see that's fantastic i mean i am loving the just where these come from and obviously if you know depending on when when you grew up and 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 what uh, era you grew up in if you you could catch the beginning of that i mean Mm -hmm. that that was the time to be a pro wrestling fan i mean at any age you were that was probably one of the greatest eras of pro wrestling that it was and whether you were one-sided the other side uh you watched them both liked them both used the vcr used the double tv trick whatever it was i mean that was it so and it didn't take you long either because if you were in that era just roughly 10 years later you were uh you know doing you know the backyard thing and everybody whatever but you were also taking your first professional bump and uh you know getting in there for real that's so cool bro um Let's rock fire then. We come right out of that. You know, we love to ask these questions as we're, you know, talking about he told you to go home or we're going to go home on this podcast using the lingo of professional wrestling. We're going to take it home. Uh, you, we just came out of the heat. Now we're going to speed it up and now we're going to get ourselves over by saying the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. This is a question we love to ask everybody. So you got four people you can put up on that, that rock formation forever and in stone, are the Rock and Stone Cold two of them, and who are the other two? Or you can pick four completely different people.
4: Well, I mean, asking asking the fan of uh, wrestling nowadays, you know, I I want to put over some of the the guys from today. I think Go for it. I think because um, everybody has Ric Flair on there, you know, everybody mm-hmm. has The Rock and stuff, but then Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels, whatever. I think. I think it's best to like, you you know, what are we going through in the future? You know, I think, uh, Seth Rollins is on there. Um, I want to say Cody Rhodes. Cody's probably like my favorite, uh, you know, worker right now doing his thing, and I'm so happy for him. Nice. Uh, let me see two other ones. I would probably, I would, you know, it's gonna sound like Mark here, but I love the Young Bucks. You know what I mean? So hey. I would probably put Matt and Nick up there, and have the four of these guys, which I'd just love to see that tag team, that <laughs> tag team match, the wow. Bucks versus Rollins and Cody. That would be oh. cool. I mean. I don't know if they coexist, but it is.
0: Without the ties of the companies that they're in, you put them on some sort of neutral level and let them go. I'm sure they could put on the world for you.
4: God, it'd be incredible. (laughs) I I would love that.
0: Let's I want to. You mentioned Cody Rhodes. That's a great answer because I don't know if a couple of years ago, uh, before Cody started his, um, you know, AEW run and, uh, you know, he was also the EVP and everything, I don't know if a lot of people would have even said that. And Big Ugly, I know you're still on the cans, so definitely listen in here because this is amazing that a guy like this, I know he has the history as far as the family history, but he's. Six foot, nothing, 200, nothing. You know, he's built something out of, and he can hold that main event spot. I agree with you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He was given a
0: chance. He shined in everything he did in the WWE for 10 years, then left and basically was able to be at that top spot in that top spot, running the company and wrestling at the same time and held his own and then probably got burnt out on doing it all but yep. now he can focus on the performing part of it at the prime of his life. Dude, there is
4: nobody better. Yeah. He just, he just did it backwards. If you think about it. Yes, he did. He was good in WWE for those 10 years. And I think like he was extremely well at everything he did, but like he would talk sometimes it's like you're not believing what he's saying. Like I can remember him saying, hand me the velvet bag. And I'm like, dude, you're trying really hard, but now like, <laughs> And I and I thought so about his you know Cry Baby AEW promos, but now it's like he's in, he's back home. He's in WWE. He he went and had to do the whole indie thing, which most guys have to do before making it to WWE. I think right. that's what made him as great as what he is right now. And I do believe that uh, that Cody has what it takes to do like just the most amazing things because he's got the backstory with you know his dad and stuff. But he's on his own. He's really doing this on his own. I think right. so.
0: I agree. That's a great answer for that that Mount Rushmore. That's a that's a unique answer. Uh, and Seth freaking Rollins, I tell you, um, talk about a guy who's consistent, um, yeah. you know, and who's got the talent and who's paid the dues. Who and he came up not the backwards way, but the way you would think coming through the yep. Indies and Ring of Honor, yep. and then NXT and uh, Florida Championship before that, and and what turned into NXT. So, and you know, talk about longevity as, as long as you can stay healthy. Uh, yeah. And, you know, be protected, but also be able to give 110%. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, look at Cody, he he got hurt working out. And, yeah. uh, you know, he was off. But I mean, I don't know, it, it kind of pushed him to do even better than what he could have done if he didn't get hurt. So it everything happens him. for I, a reason. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah. I know, I know Big Ugly would agree with that one too. It just – it happened for a reason. It sucked to go through it, and to especially after he came in with all that hype um, yeah. and then having to go back down. It's like, can he regain that? That's what we talked about on the podcast last year. Can he get that back You know, yeah. depending on what they do? And was he the guy to take Roman down at this point in time? Not yet, but will he yeah. be the guy? He could absolutely be the guy to take oh, Roman nice.
4: down definitely yeah i mean i thought and and who who didn't think that cody could have been the new world heavyweight champion which uh, that belt is beautiful um but who who would have thought that he, he could have he could have been that guy i mean i was thinking he was and then they did what they did but i like it better that way because it's just like the chase is always cut short these days yeah this is a true proper story like look at the bloodline that that was incredible and i, I would have thrown roman up there because i do i hated roman back in the day <laughs> before he became the tribal chief like i could not stand him but now like i said you believe them you know the when he says acknowledge me it's like Kid dog, you're, you're doing pretty good <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, fantastic. Matt, before we get uh, going here, I just want you to put yourself over what social media you got, what companies you're working for, who should we tag, who should we look for, and then, of course, when we post this, we're going to tag everybody, but uh, where can we
4: find you? You can find me uh, right now on YouTube. You can search my matches from HWF, PWX, AON, Seven Mountains Wrestling. Uh, let me see here. I was in SWA. I'm getting ready to debut for Voltage Pro Wrestling, July twentieth, 2023. I'm returning to EPW in West Virginia along with Amplified Pro Wrestling. This weekend, you'll be able to find me literally dead smack in a 16x16 in the Galleria Mall for a battle royal that is one for the ages it's thundercade and of course you can find me on all the socials you know i got the facebook uh matt silks on there s-i-l-k-s s-i-l-k-s yes sir Um, and a lot of the, a lot of these other guys out there, you know, I've been trying to make a big deal, you know, use the TRK name. There's a reason it's there. So if you're looking at me up on YouTube, type in Matt TRK silks, and a lot of my stuff will come up a huge thanks to pro wrestling express, all or nothing pro wrestling, honorary wrestling federation, uh, seven mountains wrestling, classic championship wrestling, uh, UWE, you name them around this area right here in central Pennsylvania, you know, I, I'm doing the thing. But thank you so much, guys. What a great conversation. No great problem. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And i tell you what, I'm going to tag everybody on all the socials when we put this up. But feel free, everybody that you just mentioned and anybody else that uh, when we share the socials and everything, feel free yeah. to tag everybody else because we want the word getting out. We would love people to continue to reach out to us like you did. Um, and Big Ugly, this, this has been a great conversation. What do you think?
1: No, I, I love this conversation. I love hearing about Matt's story. Matt, I have one more question for you. What is your wrestling hot take? Something that, you know, no one else agrees with, but it's your hot take.
0: And you got one minute left, so be quick.
4: OK, my my hot take right now, is something that like uh, there's a lot of guys that, you know, are saying the Bucks don't don't work certain kind of ways. You know, they don't use the referees the right way and i can see that as a trainer but right now i would say they're putting the asses in the seats they're selling out they make me laugh i've been a pro wrestling fan for 20 years and hey man it's just a good time to be around my hot take is i love this business thank you guys (laughs) there we go that's it that's how we
0: talk to matt silks trk the ring king thank you very much and do not go anywhere we will be right back with segment three of the dirty ugly wrestling podcast right after this (music) and we're back on the dirty ugly yeah you got me on the one day is i'm gonna get past it and whatever but we're back on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast once again my name is dirty mike and i'm the big ugly and we are once again joined by the king of non-social media hashtag no hashtag c m funk welcome back
2: oh thank you gentlemen
0: and uh, hopefully shortly we'll be joined by the one and only JT Wrestling. I know he's uh, he's coming in. Uh, and uh, shout out to Jam and Jason as well. Um, I know he's a busy man, but uh, he always supports and loves the podcast. So uh, real quick, I know uh, CM Funk, you missed this, but I know you'll listen to the podcast when we put it up. But Matt, uh, Eric, uh, big, uh, damn it, bit ugly. I can't even get it out because I'm so excited about this conversation we just had. Wasn't that a great conversation with Matt Silks?
1: Uh, that was a great conversation it was great having uh Matt on a podcast and hearing his uh his journey through you know having heat overcoming heat and uh you know teaching others and hearing his uh thoughts on the current climate whether it comes to the uh the young bucks of Cody Rhodes it was a great conversation
0: absolutely and uh a success story as well and a lot of things that we've heard on uh the pro wrestling podcast uh, here at the dirty ugly wrestling podcast number eight in WWE podcasts, at p sport. Hey, uh, by the way, he mentioned, uh, once again, for the second straight interview, mentioned uh, uh, Nick Taylor, sickened. Uh, so I'm going to reach out to him, and we got to have him back on the show. Uh, he he is a wonderful personality, a great mind for the business, fantastically talented, and I, we got to have him on, man, because uh, he's been shouted out twice now, and so the third time, I think he's got to shout himself out all right absolutely so as we get back into this uh as we wait for jt wrestling when segment one concluded we were talking about night of champions we went over the list and so well before we get into what's going on currently now and leading into money in the bank who wants to talk about what they liked or did not like from the night of champions from saudi arabia cm funk anything stand out
2: uh, I mean, I, I feel like the big thing that stood out there was, uh, well, I mean, outside of anything with the bloodline, uh, would have been uh, Asuka uh, uh, over uh, Bianca, so um, in kind of a shock uh, finish there, so.
0: Yeah, titles usually don't change uh, hands in other countries like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, was, uh, it definitely came out of, out of the blue. So. A.K.A. Saudi Arabia.
0: <laughs> right, right. You know. <laughs> let alone saudi arabia let alone a woman in saudi arabia uh you know a lot of these things had you know first time uh happenings but the that's fantastic so so that stood out yep i know we had talked about that too kind of an interesting uh and of course the squash by rhea ripley um you know travel 18 hours or across the world to go to saudi arabia to get squashed and i'm sure natty loved every second of it even if it was only a minute and 10 seconds long um that just showed dominance. You know, when you, you want to talk about uh, Roman Reigns being a dominant champion, I really think they're trying to put that over with Rhea Ripley right now as well. And I want to put this out there, you know, uh, when Asuka de- defeated Bianca. Was that the first step to an attitude change in Bianca? Because if, watching Raw and SmackDown and, and Still Thing uh, recently, it's it's been seeing that Bianca's kind of getting into a little bit of bitch mood little bit not as much but what do you guys think have you seen that at all
1: yeah i think that uh it definitely was i think that they're slowly leading her to a a turn
0: slowly leading what do you think cm funk
2: yeah i mean i, I feel like they're definitely trying to change her character which is needed um you know her her backstage promo and her in ring promo were definitely a, a different Bianca um, right. than we've seen on the main roster. Um She just needs to stop skipping her way down to the ring, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll then maybe maybe I'll start to care. So
0: <laughs> she turns the, the hair flipping and skipping. I don't know how you can turn that negative. Um Not quite. Maybe tease it and then don't do it. You know I don't know. It, it'd be it'd be interesting, but I think that could really be a nice. Uh, a surge to the women's division if they finally uh, end up turning her heel um so obviously we talked about uh, Seth Rollins winning the first ever uh current day world heavyweight championship and it looks like he's been defending it on a lot of different shows uh as a matter of fact when we're recording this uh he'll be defending it tonight on NXT against Braun Breaker which is interesting um
2: So, so let me ask, throw a question out. What what do you guys think of this defending it? Basically, like an open challenge seems like almost every week and all. What, what how do you guys feel about that? Fit ugly. Uh, hold on. I'm sorry. Are we talking about NXT?
0: Well, we're talking about Seth Rollins defending his world heavyweight championship like it's a hot potato.
1: Oh, and, okay. So yeah. I, I feel like uh, I feel like the world championship isn't meant to be defended in that way. Like when John Cena did it with the United States championship, I, I was okay with it. And I think it was cool. It got over. I, I think they're trying to make this belt like a, uh, a, like, you know, oh, a fighting champions belt, almost like the intercontinental championship. And, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's different. You know, uh, I don't, I, I don't feel like this title is meant to be defended every single week it is meant to be defended for special occasions in the same way that Roman Reigns defends his belt.
0: I agree. What do you think CM Funk?
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of where I was at on it. I mean, I feel like, I feel like anybody who wants a shot at it can win it. and doesn't really make you the true, you know, top guy, you know, make it right. special and, and defending it every week doesn't make it special, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what, to your point, uh, Sam Funk, like, What's what's the difference? If he's defending every week, it's like, what's the difference between that and the Intercontinental Championship? Because that's what right. a defense every week makes it feel like. It's like the working man's championship. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not totally supposed true. to be that.
2: Yeah. You wouldn't think, you know. That's
0: but. 100% right. And, I mean, I guess – I know where they were trying to come at it from storyline saying that Roman reigns is a world champion that doesn't defend his title all the time, but it, it, you know, it shouldn't be, it's a special attraction. So to me, this isn't a world heavyweight championship. This is a international championship, intercontinental championship, United States championship, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And it doesn't have the validity. I mean, it was done by a tournament. I mean, you you also won the King of the ring by a tournament. I mean, come on.
3: Well, you
2: know, the, thinking about it a little bit too. So the world heavyweight championship obviously is supposed to be the big gold belt from, you know, the 10 pounds of gold from, you know, flair and all that back in the, in the day. And I get it. Flair used to defend it, or at least when he was the NWA champion, used to defend it, you know, almost nightly, you know, but he was, but it was a different era, you know, when it was in orange television, you only were in a little arena. They were the only people seeing it, you know, um, now, the whole world sees it, and he's, you're seeing him defend it every week. So it's not special like it used to be back, you know, 40 years ago. But
0: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a different time, and we talk about different things in professional wrestling, how times have changed, and the product has changed a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to call it, you know, a, a World Heavyweight Championship, I mean, obviously it's something different, but we'll see where they go with it. It's still relatively yeah. new, but he's defending it everywhere. I mean
2: right. – Right, and to your original point, he's on NXT now, uh, defending it. You know, like yeah, what, see, what, what and the,
1: yeah, and that to me is crazy to to go down to NXT defending it, it. It starts to feel like this title was only created because it's like WWE just needed something new. It was like, what can we do to spice things up? You know, what yeah. I'm saying? and it yeah, doesn't feel it, like they created a legitimate title that only the best can hold
2: right if you want to if you want a title that you defend every single week you had that when it was called the 24-7 championship right you know like what's the difference hopefully
1: this
0: doesn't go in the way of that because we could have uh mid carters chasing seth rollins around the ring and and through the back um you know they already are (laughs) i mean it seems this way uh yeah well i mean you know and we'll see what happens with it but i mean uh Seth Rollins versus AJ good match Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor that could be coming up at Money in the Bank supposing that he defends his title and keeps it through then um which he will but you know we'll see um yeah so that was a uh, you know Saudi Arabia that was uh overseas you know decent not not bad and then things have led into now I want to just bring this up real quick uh before we start talking about Money in the Bank more um Unfortunately, one of the greatest of all time, greatest icons, greatest heels, greatest personalities, uh the Iron Sheik, uh unfortunately passed away uh in the past couple of weeks and uh I mean Iron Sheik depending considering how he lived his life um lived a lot longer I guess than a lot of people considered that he might. And oh, there it is. We we got a we got a for for our video watchers yes. out there or just for us. Um, the Iron <laughs> Cheek LJN figure uh, right there by the one and only CM Funk. Yeah, I mean, uh, i tell you what. Uh, double double E or, you know, whatever you used to call it. Yeah, and, I want Mr. Van Ganya and Hulk Hogan, the Hollywood jabroni. Ha, boy! You know, uh, I could, I can't do it as good as he can. But, uh, you know, shout out to, to the Iron Cheek. I know uh, the original Camel Clutch, the former WWF. Uh, heavyweight champion. That's when a world championship was a world championship, fellas. Big green belt.
2: You're right, right. Good stuff Big then.
0: Green, gold belt. uh Do we have, a, he might be muted, but I see the picture. Are we getting him in? Jason, Justin, Tucker, can you hear us? Yes. Hey, welcome. It's good. I'm uh, sorry about the technical difficulties, but I'm glad you made it on. How are you, buddy? I'm
3: doing good.
0: Good. Good, good, good. Well, i tell you what, you, you came at just the right time uh, because we're going to start talking about Money in the Bank uh, 2023 uh, live from London, England, uh, and it's going to be 3 p.m. on Saturday, July 1st. Well, Another overseas odd time for us here in the States. I so, got
2: two words for you, Logan Paul.
0: Stuck it. Oh, no, Logan uh, oh, Paul.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> I we're thought it was jump, sucking. Jumping right in. I love it. This is great.
0: <laughs> All right, so you got Logan Paul. Okay, so uh, he just made his return to Monday Night Raw, just inserted himself into the Money in the Bank match. Um, and I, let's start with Jason Justin Tucker since we're welcoming him back. What do you think about Logan Paul coming back, and what do you think about him being in the Money in the Bank match? Does he have a shot?
3: I'm kind of breaking up.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying, do, uh, do you? what do you think about Logan Paul coming back? Can you hear us? Jason, Justin Tucker.
2: Oh, no. JT Wrestling's down for the count.
0: I, that's what, because I was calling him Jason, Justin Tucker, but it's JT Wrestling. That's right. What it, that's what happened. Can you hear us, Jason? That's okay. Oh, there you are.
3: Yeah, it was breaking up a little
0: bit. Breaking right. up. So you hear us now. So what do you think about Logan Paul coming back?
3: I think it's, you know, it's just for uh, running the – making people watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's, he's good, but I think it's just to make people watch at okay. 2 o'clock on a Saturday.
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Do you think he
3: has a shot of winning
0: the Money in the Bank match? No. No, he said no. flat. he said no. Uh, Fit Ugly, you brought up the name. Do you think he has a shot?
1: Yeah, Logan Paul. Yeah, I definitely think <laughs> Logan Paul has a shot uh, at winning – I mean, I think that he would be the, he would honestly, if I'm booking things, he would be my winner. Um, because I mean, obviously he has been performing at a very high level for somebody to start with. He is a big name. That's kind of like getting eyeballs on it. And it it would be a surprise. And I feel like I can't say that somebody like a Logan Paul isn't deserving when I, when I see the way he performs in the ring and these matches that he's having I definitely could see him him winning. My real pick that I would like to win is L.A. Knight. Yeah, I, I can see it, local.
0: Yeah, L.A. <laughs> Knight. Oh man, did he get a pop? Uh, watching Monday Night Raw last night when I they. Mean, had... Would you guys
1: say he's one of the big, like, the most popular guys in the business right now?
0: I'd say he's finally coming into his own. I'd say he's getting pops from the live crowds. He's getting pops on TV, and they're not filtered in. What do you think, CM Funk?
2: Yeah, I mean, he he definitely yeah got him, yeah he definitely got himself over without any TV time, which is unbelievable it's in so hard to do. today's wrestling. Uh, so um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with Fit and Ugly on this too. That I had Logan Paul not um, shown back up and everything, I would have. I would say LA Knight had to win the money in the bank and he made the most sense of anybody, um, you know, because he could carry it around. He could talk about it. He could talk with it, you know, I mean, and and get it over. Um, But now that Logan Paul's in the match, I feel like it's almost like an Austin Theory thing from last year where the winner's almost a foregone conclusion now. Right, right, right. um, right. You know, but at the same time, I don't know that Logan Paul's such a bad – guy to have the have the money in the bank you know yep so um especially if he uh you know he could challenge the world heavyweight champion you know since everybody does anyway (laughs) Uh, and uh you know and i could see him winning that you know especially if it's seth since they already had a you know pretty classic match you know and all in the past right And I'm going to just say that uh, L.A. Knight took my gimmick. I'm pretty sure I've been saying a
1: yeah since 2017. <laughs> well, yeah. you've been, but,
0: yeah. you, since we've been on this podcast, he says it in a little bit of a different way, but he definitely stole the big, ugly yeah. gimmick. I,
2: I think you should fight for a trademark. Right. <laughs> you and
3: yeah.
0: you, you fight for the yeah instead of the yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: J.T. Wrestling, does L.A. Knight have a shot at winning that money in the bank?
3: Yeah, I I believe
0: he does. <laughs> uh yeah, so I say that. But well, okay, all right, I uh, so say um we got to, we got some different uh looks at it. Let's see who else is in the match. Ricochet, who should never pick up a microphone, especially when Logan Paul has him. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I hate to, I hate to downplay anybody. It, it takes a lot of balls, but he, he just doesn't have what it takes on a
2: microphone. It's the truth. <laughs>
0: LA Knight was... at LA Knight, I'm sorry. Uh, Logan Paul was cutting a real good promo on top of that ladder, and they played Ricochet's music and nobody popped, and I'm like, oh, shit. And he has a microphone in his hand, and he started talking, and I'm like, somebody please cut him off. Let this be where all of them come out. And then fine, and when L.A. Knight, that was even bigger pop because L.A. Knight was cutting off Ricochet, who we don't want to hear on the microphone.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's so sad because Ricochet is such a great in ring performer, so but good. You said, bro, he does not have it on the microphone, and everybody knows it. You see a microphone in his hand, you see a microphone up to his mouth, and you know there's going to be nothing compelling that comes out. <laughs> and it just it just is what it is I, I don't know if he needs practice i don't know what it is it's just not good
0: you know and i hate to say this but you know where he belongs nxt Damn. so he can he, I,
1: so he can can't get jobs i disagree chops. with you i can't disagree with you yeah.
0: and I, I he's been he's proved himself on the main roster having a lot of classic matches and moments but dude can't talk with the mic. Yeah. I mean that, it's
1: sports entertainment. You've got right. the
2: entertainment portion. And unfortunately when it comes to that, he, he just doesn't have it. There there is a reason why back in the 80s and early 90s, mid-card guys, every mid-card guy was over. And it's because they had managers. Yep. You know, like because most of those guys couldn't talk, but you could sit here now and you could talk about every single one of those guys because they were all popular and they were all over, even though they couldn't talk, because they had a manager. When right? you had People Bobby Eaton or team. Jimmy
0: Hart or uh, Paul right. Heyman or anybody.
2: I mean, you got MVP out there who could easily be a manager of a stable and was, you know, I mean, but like, just let's, let's, let's look at like reality and get back to some of this easy, easy stuff that they could do to fix a lot of these guys.
0: Mm hmm. I yeah. agree,
1: 100%. And, and oh. MVP would be a, per, a a great person to put with Ricochet. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Use some of that reparations money and buy him. Anyway, no, that's terrible. Happy <laughs> Juneteenth, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: it was terrible. Lord, I apologize
0: for that one right there. <laughs> and be yeah. with the pigmies down in New Guinea. See, we're dirty and ugly. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. Hashtag Juneteenth. Anyway,
1: Hey, somebody let me know when they get that reparation check because I'm still waiting. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm paid. About to, I'm about to it call the me. IRS. Yeah.
0: It's the rings, bitch. Anyway, well, I'm sorry. We I'll get
3: half. So you know. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I
0: I mean, Jason, wow. you deserve half. I mean, you know, whatever. half, I tell you, <laughs> you, you deserve whatever percentage you you are legally are bound to. So, yeah. wow, did we? I, I did I just start that? I'm sorry. I, you know, we, I apologize. We, we may
2: we may want to put a warning on this episode. I'm just
0: <laughs> we oh. put a disclaimer oh. on this one. Oh, goodness. The, the the uh the tangent that was mentioned in segment three is not necessarily the view of this. Has nothing to do with. Race, we love everybody. We
2: we, we yeah. probably should just move. We probably should just move on before we uh, bury,
1: bury uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: There are other people in that ladder match. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Shinsuke Nakamura, Santos Escobar of the LWO, Butch of the Ball and Brutes, and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day.
1: So can I just say that S- Santos Escobar from LWO, and and it, he's he's the one in the the Money in the Bank, right? Yep. <laughs> He's just not doing it for me, actually. The whole LWO not really doing it for me. Um, yeah, they're just kind of stale for me. I I just don't feel like any of them outside of Ray Mysterio has the charisma to like really take the LWO anywhere. And it's like without him, I just feel like this thing fades into the background.
0: I think it's a good house show act, like a live event act. That's what I think. Damn, Um, (laughs) no, I'm just saying they don't have the in Puerto Rico, 100% main eventers, that's what it is. But when you bring it back to the states. It doesn't make sense. It's like, why are we putting over that culture? Like, what is the point other than the people well, that are in it? You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, and if you even look back to the original LWO, if it weren't for Eddie Guerrero, they didn't have anybody that could really talk and be, a, you know, be that charismatic, you know, person up front. Mm-hmm. And it didn't last very long in WCW. And WCW, exactly. That, yeah, right. so,
1: yeah. It was, it's, a, it was, it's a dead gimmick that was kind right. of it, brought back out of nowhere. Yeah. Let's just be I mean, let's be frank, even when it <laughs> even when the NWO came back to WWE, it, it really didn't work.
0: Nope. Right. It's it got right. a time and a place, and it's not anything for that's why I say, you know, they're all very talented people. And it's great that they have something to do and they get they have a gimmick, but it's it doesn't really translate. It's kind of like hit row, same thing. Uh it's a, a hit row versus LWO is mm-hmm. is is a house show starter. That's mm-hmm. what it is.
1: Yep. Hit row is a it's a waste. Yeah. Hit row. I, I could have I could have probably thought about 10 more people that WWE could have brought back <laughs> other than Hit Row.
0: You know what? Mike Bennett should have come back.
1: I'll take him.
3: to the greatest. <laughs> level.
1: Where are they at right now? Are they in TNA or are they? Uh,
0: Ring, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Okay. So technically they're in AEW. Yep. Gotcha.
2: Uh-huh.
0: That's <laughs> a <laughs> so Ring of Honor. Oh, my God. JT Wrestling, I want to ask you. So you said LA Knight could win it. You said uh, Logan Paul will not win it. Um, who do you think out of has the best chance? Ricochet, Shinsuke, Santos, Butch, Damian Priest, or uh, who do you think has the best chance?
3: I would say Shinsuke.
0: Shinsuke, really think there's a comeback trail for Shinsuke? He's uh he's never made it to the mountaintop, but he's never been the uh money in the bank winner. So you would be you would be satisfied with him winning. Yeah. Okay, I like that. CM Funk, LA Knight.
2: Um- I, uh no like i said before i think as soon as logan paul was inserted that that's the writing on the wall right there
0: i know you but, like um, la night too but i just wanted to give yeah. you a chance
2: yeah 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 no i mean i, I i'm rooting for la night but i feel like logan paul is winning fit ugly um yeah i think i think logan paul wins
1: uh but as as Paul said i'm rooting for la night listen i mean the I have to give props because I think I told you guys, like one of, I shot I shot a movie with a guy back in 2014 that is actually best friends with L.A. Knight, Sean Breaker. They grew up together in Hagerstown. And this was back in 2014. And the fact that at that time he was Slate Randall in NXT, who had never actually premiered on NXT TV, he got released, hit the indie circuit, eventually ended up in TNA mm-hmm. as uh, Eli Drake, Eli Drake. Right. Would eventually, you know, go on to, uh, 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 I think, NWA and then to WWE as LA Knight. And the fact that, like, he's had this crazy journey over the past, like, nine years and is back in WWE and one of probably the most over people it's like, yo, I got I to gotta applaud this man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I would like him to win the money in the bank because it's like, to have that kind of journey and to get back to WWE on a main roster and to be in this position where the fans just love you, bro, I, I hope he wins the money in the bank.
0: Amen. 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 Great. I love it. How about the women? We got Zelina Vega of the LWO. We got Becky Lynch of Becky Lynch. We got Zoe Stark, the new up-and-comer from NXT. We got Bailey. Uh of damage control. We got EO Sky of damage control. And we have Trish Stratus. Why? Um in the women's money in the bank match. So uh I will say okay. Is what it is. Um could be the opening match on the show. Don't know. But uh who wins this one? We'll start with uh you, Fit Ugly.
1: Um uh... This is what sounds very sexist of me. Who's in a match again?
0: <laughs> Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, Io Sky, and Trish Stratus.
1: Uh, damn! I'm gonna take Bailey on this. All right. I have not been paying attention to this. Obviously, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna
2: just stop there before I bury myself even more. <laughs>
1: have we ever had a Bailey in the bank?
2: Yes, I believe we've think- had that. She did, she cashed in the same night on Charlotte. Oh,
3: yeah. right.
0: That's why I don't remember it, because she cashed in on the same night. Okay, fair enough. How about you, JT Wrestling? Who wins the women's match?
3: I would say they try and push EO again. Ooh,
0: Eo. okay. EO had a pretty good showing last time out and uh, got a chance to display some skills, but didn't, didn't actually come away victorious. But you think she could uh, kind of go out on her own here, huh? I think so. All right fair enough cm funk
2: um yeah yeah <laughs> i kind of feel like uh fit ugly on this one no, I'm just... <laughs> You uh, I, may, I'm, I may need you to repeat who's no um
0: <laughs> sexism racism <laughs> everything on the dirty ugly
2: <laughs> now i you know I, i'm gonna go with trish stratus uh only because obviously she she's never had a chance to win a money in the bank um before this is her first one and uh it could continue, help to continue the storyline. Plus, she's got Zoe Stark in there to help her. And um, I feel like damage control is going to cancel themselves out. Um, and then Zelina Vega, yeah, as we talked about the LWO and the men's money in the bank, you could yeah. repeat it for the women's money in the bank. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's sure, let's go with that. Okay. Well, can, can, can I ask you guys a
1: question real quick? And I know Dirty Mike, you got to give me your thoughts. What do you guys think sir? What do you guys think of Trish Stratus's recent run? The heel run?
0: I mean, it's there to help out as far as being another dominant heel on the women's side. Uh, but I don't I don't know if it's necessary. They got so many people on that main roster and in NXT that could come up and be a heater for anybody. They didn't need Trish, they didn't need Lita. Um, for WrestleMania, fine. Uh, you know, you want to put asses in the seats, you want to put legends on the show, but I didn't think it needed to be continual. But I uh, mean, it's something she wanted to do if she's still in the shape to do it and has the availability to do it. Good for her, but I don't think it's necessary. I
2: don't know. I, I, I've i actually enjoyed it. Um, I, I think she's cut some really strong promos. Um, she's actually made a women's storyline exciting, you know, um, and and then she's a she's a great um, she's great to get Zoe Stark over and create a new uh, superstar. You know, on the main that's
0: line. what I'm happy about. Like, I don't want her being in the middle of everything. I want her being there to pump up new people. That's that's what I'm OK yeah. with.
2: Well, look, at least she's not in the middle of the title picture. You know, that's usually what they would do. You know, she could be with Brock Lesnar and be in the title picture. So. Could be, right. but
0: right. the money in the bank leads to the title. But so, I mean, it's, but it's not directly. I understand what you're saying.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So dirty Mike, who'd you pick on the money in the bank for the women's?
0: I think we just touched on it. It actually just said, so I think Trish Stratus is going to help Zoe Stark win the money in the bank for the okay. women.
3: Ooh. Okay.
0: Uh, and that's what I would totally be okay with. Uh, Trish doesn't need to get herself over. She's had her time to shine and she can also push uh, Zoe versus Becky or or Zoe versus anybody really at this point, but mostly Zoe versus Becky. But I think uh, if she has, then that could lead to a lot of interesting things carrying the the championship around. What I don't want to see is this money in the bank cashed in on the same night. I want both suitcases to be teased for a while. That's what I want. So. Looks like we're getting the countdown clock here, but that's okay because we're not done yet because we got Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio at Money in the Bank. Now, how about this? Cody versus Brock. Cody versus Brock. Cody versus Dominic. But now it makes sense because we just talked about Dominic Mysterio being the best heel uh, in the business at this point in time. JT Wrestling, I'm going to start with you. Who wins, Cody or Dominic?
3: I would like to see Dominic win just to give him more heat. Ooh.
0: I like it. So definitely not clean though. He's got a cheat. No.
3: No, no, no. Definitely uh uh Judgment Day run in by um
0: at least Rhea def- because Finn and Damien are in other things, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fit, ugly?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say Cody. Um, I do think that there'll probably be some interference, but I think that Cody, I think they're going to try to keep the momentum of Cody because I do think he's going to ultimately get back
2: into the title picture with Reigns. Okay. CM Funk. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not going to be clean, whatever it is. Um, you gotta, okay. you gotta, you gotta get Rhea involved somehow. And I don't think she has a match at this point. Um, nope, she does not on the card. So, uh, I think there'll be some sort of chicanery as it were, um, it might lead to like a double DQ, or somebody will get DQ'd. I, I don't even have a winner in this one. You know, I feel, I feel like Cody's gonna win. You know, I mean, he should. It doesn't make sense for Dominic to win, but to to JT's point, it would it would definitely uh, provide some more heat for somebody that really needs the heat right now in in Dominic. So,
0: I think if Brock will make the trip overseas, I think Brock interferes, and uh, because of that. Cody loses to Dominic,
2: oh.
3: um,
0: so Dominic gets heat, and then Cody and Brock get sets up for SummerSlam one more time.
2: Ah, there we go.
0: That now, of course, this is what you know. If Brock makes the trip, but I, I don't see why he wouldn't. He we went already to Saudi Arabia, so
2: well, he left the country once. He might not leave it twice. You never know.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe might be maybe. In his contract. Yeah. All right. We got Seth freaking Rollins defending the world heavyweight championship. If he still has it, wink, wink against Finn Balor. Um, This could be a, a, a great match bell to bell, just like with AJ Styles, but I don't see Finn. Rhea Ripley's got the championship for the judgment day. Rhea Ripley is in charge of the judgment day. Rhea Ripley stays in charge. Finn Balor does not win. Seth keeps the title. But also, there could be some interference as well from somebody else, whomever it may be. Um, and if, if at all possible, hell, if Logan Paul wins the ladder match, could be Logan Paul interfering to tease against Rollins like we just talked about. So, But I think Rollins keeps the title. JT Wrestling.
3: Yeah, I think Rollins keeps the title for sure.
0: Fit Ugly.
2: Yeah, I'm taking Rollins.
3: CM Funk
2: yeah i got finn i mean uh rollins (laughs) you
0: You did it (laughs) oh my god i love it uh so all right one more main event well it's going to be the main event either way uh even though it's a money in the bank pay-per-view or premium live event this is going to be the main event what's left of the bloodline roman reigns and solo sokoa with paul Heyman in the corner versus the usos jimmy and jay um it's called the Bloodline Civil War match. That's how it's being ma- marketed. Um, I kind of like that, actually. So yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to start with Fit Ugly. What storyline? I'm going
1: line... to take Reigns and Sokoa on this one.
0: Okay. And what storylines come out of this? Is this kind of what we were talking about earlier, where uh, they start teasing solo, is he in, is he out? Or is it uh, what story develops from this?
1: Yeah, I think that they definitely start teasing this. I this is not going to be a clean match, I would not suspect. And I think that uh, it's hard to say, yo, I can't say, I I don't know, but I feel like, I feel like, uh, if there is a loss on the Reigns and Sokoa side, Sokoa gets pinned, not Reigns, yeah. Um, and maybe that's the way to keep it going, right? Like, is Sokoa losing. You know what? I'm changing sides already.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's kind of
0: just what happened when they yeah. faced uh, Sammy and Kevin at the last pay per view. Yeah, solo a, got I'm pinned.
1: A, I'm a Gen Z person right now. I'm changing sides, and I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say the Usos win, but offer of some funny business beating Sokoa, which will probably spark some rift between him and Reigns that they'll use as a slow burn, leading to eventually Sokoa leaving. Boom! I'm done. Oh.
0: Okay, now I feel you. You you change right up in the middle Yo,
1: there. WWE sent me a check, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, if Vince can change storylines thirty minutes before RAW, Fit Ugly can change his mind in mid-prediction.
2: Right. <laughs> That's right. CM Funk. Um, yeah, I I kind of feel like the Usos win this. Um, I'm actually surprised this match is actually is happening already at Money in the Bank. I thought they might have built. To SummerSlam. No, no slow burn here. No, they're getting right into it. So uh leads me to believe the Usos win, which then leads either Jay or Jimmy to challenge Roman at SummerSlam or something like that.
0: But I feel you on that one. JT wrestling.
3: Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. Usos win by disqualification, some way, shape, or form. Okay.
0: Fair enough. I think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be that 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 like I was talking about a little bit earlier, the facials and the, and the, the storyline and everything. I think this is gonna be a long match. Um, we got a lot of long intros in here. Uh, we've got a lot of story to tell. I think it will be the main event. It has to be, <laughs> I guess. Um, but what's interesting about this is how I feel. One thing that nobody is talking about and hasn't said yet, which could happen, is whoever wins the uh, men's Money in the Bank match could attack Roman after the fact, win or lose, uh, and tease a steal as well. Um, that, I don't know. You know.
2: I think the only reason that doesn't happen is because Roman is in a storyline already. That, that I, doesn't need any help. I understand. The world, the world Heavyweight Championship, on the other hand, that could use a actual storyline besides open challenge, you know. That's
0: up to, yeah, yeah that's up to anybody on that card, men or women, could go for that one. Um, you know anybody? So, and also, uh, we did talk about the possibility of Drew McIntyre showing up uh as a return. Maybe, maybe not. We will see. I don't know where where he would show up, but it would it wouldn't make as much sense taking that into SummerSlam. But I really do think that R- Roman Reigns has to defend his championship at SummerSlam, and it has to be against one or both of the Usos. I really think that's the case. Um, and that's the whole story that's going to lead into that, which leads me to believe. That the Usos win somehow, but with, you know, uh, some kind of chicanery, some kind of storyline. All right. Hey, it's getting to that time where we're counting down to the last two minutes of the show. Episode 117. This has been great. Um, Next episode, episode 118, is going to be our SummerSlam episode, and we are going to record that on August 5th on SummerSlam Day. So keep that on your calendar, CM Funk and JT Wrestling, and that's going to be here at the Mansion 3.0, at the penthouse, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be at my place. Um, But I want to thank you all. Uh, Sorry about the technical difficulties. JT Wrestling, what are your final words for us today?
3: I'm having it
0: at the moment. Hey, you're happy. We're yeah. happy you're here. And that's great. CM Funk, what is your takeaway from today?
3: Uh, that
2: apparently we're racist and sexist. and <laughs> I didn't realize that.
0: We do not uh, approve of the views of the third segment of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just,
3: we're just racist. We're... And no. Racist.
0: I knew you were
1: going to say that.
0: No, damn it. We 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 apologize for anybody who we've offended over the past uh 7 minutes or 7 years. But we're still here. Hell, that might make us number 7 on the list. Who yeah, knows? We're,
1: we're about to go to number 11. We're about yeah, to be out of the top 10. We're going to be out of the top
0: 1000 in a minute. Hey, um uh we want to we we want to thank everybody because we love everybody on every platform. No discrimination here whatsoever of any kind. We appreciate you. Thank you and uh like, whatever what every,
1: every racist and sexist person ever <laughs> you know
0: i tell you what god bless matt silks and everybody we tag on this thing because they're gonna get a they're gonna get an education um hey enjoy SummerSlam. enjoy everything money in the bank coming up we're gonna show SummerSlam. slam three two one
2: deuces, deuces. deuces.
1: that was terrible <laughs>